late night council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. John Council. That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. That's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. How's it going? Welcome. Welcome to, I was going to say the radio show. It is a radio show. It's online radio, you know. Welcome to the Big Ray Didio Show. Glad to have you with us. Whatever you want to talk about. You want to change the world? You know what? That's what I want to do every night. But, man, when you're open line, open topic, you can do it too. You can call in here and just blow everybody away. 343-700-4390 is the number to call in the capital region. 343-700-4390. And, uh... If you're calling from one of those faraway exotic places like Tisdale, Saskatchewan, we're going to talk about Tisdale, Saskatchewan tonight. I hope we have time to talk about Tisdale, Saskatchewan because they're in the news over the weekend and it was pretty funny. So if you're calling from Tisdale, Saskatchewan, if you're calling from Gang Gang Ranch, British Columbia, Bowling's Alley, Maryland, Charcoal Landing, New Jersey, or Hazard, Kentucky, 1-844-844. 5624766 is the long distance line that's 18445624766 I'm I'm really excited tonight. I I'm excited. Oh, I hope and I hope my excitement is fulfilled tonight. Because there's a good chance that we're going to reconnect tonight with one of the four late night council legends who has not called in online yet. But that person apparently has gotten hooked up online, and I was talking to that person over the weekend, and they are quite excited about calling in. So we'll see how that goes, okay? 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region, 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is long distance. That's 1-844-562-4766. You can email me at jc at LateNightCouncil.com, jc at LateNightCouncil.com. You can tweet at me at JWCouncil on the Twitter exchange. Lo and behold, look at that. I got eight messages on Twitter, and I haven't even checked them out yet because I don't know. I've had a busy day today, a really busy day. Did you have a good weekend? I had a delightful weekend. Got a lot of stuff done. My wife, Heather, had to go down to Oakville for her great-aunt's funeral. Okay, her great-aunt, you ready for this? 103 years old. Yeah. And quite lucid and quite, you know, with it and together right till the end. You ever been to a funeral where, the, you know, the deceased was 103? Yeah, that, you know, that's a fun funeral. It really is. What more can you ask for than to go for 103 years? And she wanted to go. She really wanted to go. Enough of this life. Let me out of here. And uh, so it's not a it's not a grief thing. It's a it's a celebration, rejoicing thing. And uh, so she was down in Oakville, and 
well, that means I get stuff done around the house, you know. Is that what you do when your spouse takes off? You know, you, you get stuff done around the house. You cut the lawn. You do some renovations. You try to keep the place tidy, which is nine year impossible. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. So were there more of you watching the Olympics Saturday night or the tragically hip? Yeah, I think this is one country where the Olympics played second or third fiddle to uh, the Tragically Hip's last concert in Kingston. I didn't watch it. I, I got invited to a party, okay? You know, a Tragically Hip, but you know, send-off party. And I got the best neighbors in the world. I mean, oh, I could, you couldn't ask for better neighbors than what I have. I'm, I can't tell you how thankful I am for my neighbors. It's wonderful, okay? And uh, they were over there, and... Uh, but my wife wasn't with me, and, and, and I'm not a big hip fan. I probably should have went. You know, if I was a nicer guy, I probably would have went. But, you know, I decided to stay home and sit on the couch and eat chips and watch uh, conspiracy videos on, on YouTube. I, I'm not a tragically hip fan. I, I'm not. i gotta, I got to admit that. I don't mind them. I don't hate them. But they're just not one of my top 50 bands, Okay. Boy, that'd be a fun list, eh? What's your top 50? Even 10, top 10. What's your top 10 bands? And uh, uh, But, you know, I think it's because it's my age. I'm 56. They're kind of a little after my time. They're more an 80s band. My bands are in the 70s, you know? And again, I don't, I'm not anti-hip. They're just not one of my bands. Four million people across Canada tuned into that concert. And, uh, and you know, it's, they're a Canadian institution. And if you don't know what I'm talking about or their story, Gord Downey, uh, uh, the lead singer for The Tragically Hip, has brain cancer. And it seems like they are shutting down the band, at least, you know, with him as the lead singer. And, and it's not Wednesday night, and I don't mean to get preachy, but, boy, I sure wish that guy was part of my church. Because, you know, we have had... and and. I'm just reporting. We have had people with at least as you know serious cancers that were further along in their progress in their bodies than than Gord Downey's is, and they're still living today. They've been healed, medically confirmed miracles. What did you do, John? I don't know. We just prayed, and they got healed. And, and I wish to God, I wish it happened more often. But it happens enough to keep us going. I'll tell you, it happens enough for us to believe. And uh, I'm not one of the, if you guys have, you know, you've listened to me on the on the air here for years in the capital region here. I'm not one of those faith healer, you know, name it and claim it, send me money and I'll heal your dog type guys that are on TV and radio. I, I think a lot of that stuff is, is obscene and disgusting. And I don't think it honors God at all. But nevertheless, you know, um, uh, you've heard me quote Catherine Coleman often. Catherine Coleman. Uh, probably saw more medically confirmed healings take place in the 20th century than any, um, um, at least any, uh, you know, uh, Christian preacher. And and people who were even skeptics, they would come to her meetings, you know, they didn't believe, like agnostics and atheists. And some of them would come with terminal diseases. And and, and they would get healed. And she was asked once, you know, and, and, you know, she had the same issues. You know, how come God doesn't heal everybody? How come more people don't get healed? She said, I don't know. I'm in sales. I'm not in management. And that's been my answer for years. And that's not, I don't mean to sound smart, Alec. I, I, honest, I'm not God. 
I know what the Bible says about, you know, praying for people and, they'll, and they get healed. And, and so we, we just do it and it doesn't happen as often as I want it to. But it sure happens enough for me to put it out there. So when you hear a guy like me say, and, and you know, I hear this so often that, and I know what a lot of people's concept of prayer is, it's, you know, it's kind of some empty religious thing or, you know, like well, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Well, okay, whatever. I guess that's not bad. I mean, all prayer's good, but if it's real. But uh, boy, I've seen people pray that know how to pray. And when I say know how to pray, they, they, they believe, you know? My definition of somebody knowing how to pray is, is things happen when they pray. Like, I guess, you know, the only thing, you, like, legitimate, what we would call miracles, still it's still mind-blowing to me. I mean, I've been in this thing, you know, all my life, and, and it's, it's still absolutely mind-blowing to me. So there's my little take on Gord Downing. I'm going a little ask the pastor on you tonight, which I'm allowed to do because I don't have a boss here, okay? Well, I do, but she's in Oakville. She'll be, you know. Coming home tomorrow. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety is the capital region number. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety one eight four four five six two four seven six six is long distance. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. Now, um, of course, we did freebie Fridays on Friday, and uh, we had a you know we replay the Ask the Pastor show on Thursday night. By the way, by the way. We are correcting that issue. Not that it's a bad thing, but um, we've got plans for Thursday night. Plans that are are pretty mind-blowing. I'd love to tell you about them, but we've got some technical things to work out and some uh, uh, issues to resolve before we can make it happen. But we are. I am so excited to tell you about what could be coming on Thursday night. I'm just almost beside myself. Well, anyway, last week when we were doing Freebie Fridays, uh, the news broke that... Uh, Mayor Jim Watson has made it clear that he is standing. That's our mayor here for in the capital region here, folks, for people listening online from a long way away. Um, he's made it clear that he is standing behind his troubled police chief, Charles Bordelow. And he took the opportunity to attack the police union president. I think it's Matthew Scoff is his name. Interesting that the head of a police union knows last name would be scoff. That's the term we used for stealing things when I was a kid. Hey, where'd you scoff that? Yeah, I, mean, just, I think that's ironic. But anyway, Jim Watson took the liberty to attack Matthew Scoff, accusing him of undermining the police force and sowing disunity. And, and wow, man, them's fighting words, boy. That's 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 not kind. That's not nice. They're they're at each other. So you know if you're if you're in the capital region and you're listening tonight, who's side are you on on that one there? Who's side are you on? I can't re- usually you know. I can't remember when I've seen at least in Ottawa here. I can't remember when I've seen more public support for a union. The cops union, as I do right now. You know, I mean, if you listen to talk radio in the capital region, I mean, if you've, you've listened to the past back when it was good, um, you, you know, you would hear the you would hear the, the sentiment. Oh, unions run this town, you know, and you know what? To a great degree, I think they do. 
Yeah, and I know they run the province. I mean, that, that there's. I mean, we had stark evidence of that last week when when uh, uh, the stats came out last week, irrefutable, that ninety four percent of all third party ads in the last provincial election, ninety four percent of all third party ads. That means they're not paid for by the NDP, Liberal, or the Conservatives. Okay, ninety four percent of all third party ads were paid for by unions in the last provincial election. And all of them, not 90% or 98%, all of them, all of them were attacking Tim Hudak and the conservatives. All of them were siding with either the liberals or the NDP. All of them, 94%. Hundreds of millions of dollars, kids. Because we don't have any laws against that here in Ontario. So we know the unions rule the province. And many believe that, you know, the unions rule the city as well. But, you know, and, and, and I know not everybody, you know, every, we, we never have all the facts. No matter how much digging and research, you never have all the facts. So I'm expressing an opinion here. Um, I'm siding with the union on this one. I really am. I think they've got a serious, serious crisis in leadership with high-level, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, respected ranking cops and, uh, you know, retired cops that have been on the force for 30, 35 years that are coming forward and saying some things that, boy, I mean, I mean, there are people that are calling for Charles Bordelow's resignation over these issues, and they seem to be piling up. And, and I've said it in this broadcast, and I'll say it again, you know, the, the guys know Vern White, man. And maybe it's because we had such a good police chief in Vern White, who was known as a straight shooter, shooter, who was known as the buck stops here, who had the confidence of his force. And if you want to take the other side, if you want to call in and say, no, 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 John, you don't know what's going on here, okay? You know, Matt's got the union and otherwise. Hey, look, if you want to take the other side, feel fine. But from everything I've seen, and I'm not exactly clued out, okay? I had Vern White do ask the police chief with me at least three times. I had Charles Bordalo do ask the police chief with me once, once on my radio show. And the two were like night and day. And yeah, read between the lines of what I'm saying there. And I reserve the right to be wrong. Listen, when I'm talking politics, when I'm expressing opinion on political leaders, I always reserve the right to be wrong, okay? And you got to do that, but... Just because you could be wrong, that, doesn't, that shouldn't stop people from sharing opinions. Because I think in the sharing of opinions, I think that the wise ones and, you know, the insightful ones, they come to the fore, and that makes for, that makes for a good educated voter. That's, that makes for a good, tied-in and responsible and conscientious electorate. And I'm siding with the union on this one. I'm still not hearing any reason why, you know, uh, uh, he went and hired... Uh, the constable that had all sorts of traffic records and some real fraudulent lying issues on a, he had a police record and this guy got hired. And the only reasons I'm hearing is are, are totally arbitrary. Charles Borlo says, I got to make the decision and the buck stops with me, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's great. You're flexing your muscles and you're telling us again, you know, you seem to be, you seem to sound very, very autocratic with that. And it's a serious issue when a five-year veteran of the force resigns over that one issue, throws away a five-year police career. 
Christina Benson we're talking about? Someone who feels, you know, we're not even enforcing the standards of excellence on the police force here. I can't be part of, a, of, a, of an organization like that. That is profound. And I have not heard Charles Bordalo in any forum address that serious issue satisfactorily. Certainly not, a, certainly not like an in-charge and respected uh, a police chief should. So I got real problems with, with uh, uh, you know, Mayor Watson, you know, backing this guy and going after Matt Scoff. Would we even know any of this stuff was going on if it wasn't for the union? Remember, we pay all these people salaries, okay? That's why it's important. It's, it's really, really important stuff. So if you want to talk about that, we can. Or anything else that's on your mind. Three four three seven hundred forty three nine. I got a ton of ton of stuff to talk about tonight, as usual. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at late night Keep it under six lines, and you can tweet at me at JW Council. Right back after these wonderful messages. Stay with us. Wanna buy a new car But the price ain't right <laughs> Ain't that cold the-, the federal government climate change town halls are a disgrace They have allowed eco-activists to dominate meetings Some members of parliament are even working directly with extremists to co-host town halls This is inappropriate MPs are elected to represent all of their constituents and no group should have privileged access or control over public consultations. Each town hall begins with unsubstantiated global warming propaganda from the local MP. Ottawa Town Hall attendee Dr. Rod Packwood said the government is clearly biasing the town halls in such a way as to generate supposed public support for the point of view they hold dear. They want to be able to say look Canadians are behind us. Don't let the government get away with this. We need your input at the September 7th Climate Change Town Hall at the Darcy McGee High School Auditorium at 925 Boulevard de Plateau in Gatineau starting at 7 p.m. The future of Canada is at stake. This message is brought to you by ClimateScienceInternational.org. For 17 years, I've been taking my cars to Irwin's Automotion. 17 years ago, Irwin was renting space on the corner of Bank and Heron. His encyclopedic knowledge of all things mechanical and his no-bull honesty has resulted in his second move. He now operates a huge facility on Cleopatra, eight bays and an expert staff that operate all in the same wavelength. Honesty, integrity, try to save the customers some money and headaches, but fix it right the first time. Irwin's Automotion, 34, Cleopatra. Tell them Council sent you. That'll make them smile. Welcome back to the only show in the capital region that matters in this time slot. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the capital region. If you want to join in, it's open line, open topic, whatever's on your mind. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety one eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's one eight four four 
five six two four seven six six. Now I I, I said there are a bunch of messages on tweet, Twitter, and uh, most of them are retweeting uh, a, a graphic that was sent to me over the weekend by my buddy Robert W Knight. Okay, now do you know Robert W Knight? Robert W Knight, yes, yeah, yeah, name sounds familiar. Robert W Knight was on Shea one hundred six for like oh a hundred years. Okay. And, you know, the same kind of, like, uh, uh, thing happened to him that happened to me, you know, and, and, and Nick Vandergrack and Ron Corbett and Mark Sutcliffe and Rick Gibbons and, you know, a whole slew of people. You know, uh, corporate know-how uh, comes in and, you know, arbitrarily says, you're gone. And uh, Rob and I have been good buddies for years. And Rob sent this in. Um, Kathleen Wynne. Queen Elizabeth and Vladimir Putin all died. This is all, most of my Twitter messages were retweets of this thing here, okay? Kathleen Wynne, Queen Elizabeth, and Vladimir Putin all die and go to hell. While there, they spy a red phone and ask what the phone is for, and the devil tells them it's for calling back to Earth. Hmm. What's going on here? Putin calls Russia and talks for five minutes. When he's finished, the devil informs him that that cost is a million dollars. So Putin writes him a check. Next, just a second here. Got it. <laughs> oh, I can't see the bottom of it. Oh man, yeah. Here, that that's really good, John. Way to go, buddy. You know, you set people up with a with a, a funny thing here, and you can't even because Twitter's not displaying the whole uh, the whole piece here. So what I'm doing while I'm talking to you here is I'm going on Facebook because it's on Facebook as well. And I want to um, I want to see if I can find it on Facebook here. He posted it on my Facebook page. And do you think I can find it? Oh, my goodness. John, you, you're such a doofus, John. <laughs> my apologies. My apologies. If I can find this, if I can find this before... Uh, you know, in the next couple of minutes, I will here. You got, I got to share it with you because everybody's looking at it on Twitter, and for whatever reason, it's not displaying. I, I thought I could bring it up on Twitter and just share it with you, but uh, it's not doing it right here. Here I am trying to be technological while I'm. Uh, you know what? I'll save it. It's a real funny joke, and it doesn't risk my G rating as well. And uh, you'll want to hear about it, okay? If I can figure it out technically, I'll share it with you before the end of the program here. Yeah. See, that's what happens when you don't have, like, a big staff helping with the radio and you're just going at it alone. But that's okay. It has a certain charm to it anyway, doesn't it? Of course it does. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. It's a really good joke, too. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. That's the um, email. And I got a bunch of emails coming in, and we'll see if there are, any of them are airworthy at the next uh, uh, break. And uh, you can tweet at me at JWCouncil, and I'm going to try and find that joke. Oh, man, it's worth tuning in just to hear that joke. Remember last week, remember last week when Elizabeth May, leader of the Federal Green Party, remember last week when she was contemplating her leadership role for the Green Party, now that it's been revealed from its most uh, recent policy convention that the Green Party is filled with a bunch of anti-Semitic bigots. 
and they're backing this boycott, divestment, sanctions movement against Israel. They say nothing, you know, about the horrible human rights that are being violated in Saudi Arabia and Iran and, and you know, in Syria and places like that, okay? Uh, but, you know, the only, the most thriving democracy in the Middle East, you know, that's, for instance, the one that has, where gays have more rights than all the other Middle East countries combined. That's the, that's the country that the Green Party wants to put sanctions against, Okay. So we found out that the Green Party's filled with anti-Semitic bigots by virtue of, you know, this, this uh, policy that they passed. Well, uh, you know, Elizabeth May, she doesn't want to create the impression that she's a bigot too. So she kind of pretended last week that, oh, she was just so troubled about this. Well, can I lead a party that, you know, that has these kind of values? And I said last week, I said, I hope she has the decency to quit. I hope she's got enough moral fiber to realize these people are anti-Semitic bigots. Otherwise, this never even wouldn't come to the convention floor, the policy floor. Never mind, you know, that we're voting on it. And I said last week, because if she doesn't resign, she's just as sleazy as any other politician out there will say and do anything for a vote. No convictions, no, you know, no uh, moral convictions that are not, uh, you know, uh, uh, subject to the whims of the public. And, uh, you know, and, and doesn't matter sacrificing any of them for the sake of political expediency. Kind of like Hillary Light. Okay? I said that last week. She doesn't resign. Well, we got the news from the CBC. Oh, and oh my goodness, the CBC. And it wasn't just a, like a, a news story they put on their website. It's like a freaking documentary. It's almost, it may as well be the Green Party's website. They're shilling for this woman like, like there's no tomorrow. And they're, oh, I, I, unbelievable how they're trying to paint a positive light on the fact that, yeah, she's just as sleazy as anybody else, and she's leading a party of bigots. First line in the, in the story on CBC's website. Elizabeth May will not leave her post as leader of the Green Party of Canada, despite her continuing unease with her party's vote to endorse the principles of the boycott divestment sanctions movement. Now, you see how they add a lot of words, you know, to kind of soften it up and make it sound like it's, you know, not the hateful, bigoted program that it is? In other words, it's not that bad. And she's still wonderful. They've been shilling for her ever since the Green Party started in Canada. She said the endorsement of boycott, divestment, sanctions movement could be misconstrued as anti-Semitic. And lump the... Really? Do you think? Oh, no. Could be misconstrued as anti-Semitic and lump the party in with a larger group of activists beyond its control. And was heartbroken the motion passed without consensus amongst the members. She's just heartbroken. Oh, I can't believe my party wants to do this. It's just heartbroken. Spare us the melodrama, Liz. Give me a break. The truth is, she knows Canadian voters about, you know, they're, they're dumb enough to buy her act anyway. Heartbroken. Give me a break. She added Monday, well, the, while there are many well-meaning, well-intentioned groups that have backed the movement, really, 
well-intentioned, well-meaning groups backing a movement, attacking the best, you know, the most thriving and human rights recognizing democracy in the Middle East. Well, I'd like to hear from some of them. She had that while there's very many well-meaning, well-mentioned groups that have backed the movement, one of those shouldn't be a federal political party that's serious and wants to elect more MPs in the next election. Well, uh, translation. CBC's not going to give you the translation of that statement, so I'll give you the translation here. My party is filled with bigoted whack jobs that make Donald Trump look like the Dalai Lama, okay? She's the one that said, you know, shouldn't be a federal political party that's serious and wants to elect more MPs. Well, guess what, Liz? We knew it all along, and it's only been the CBC that's protecting your butt. You don't lead a serious party. And now it's confirmed you got a bunch of bigots running that party now. More CBC propaganda here. The Greens' share of the overall popular vote decreased to 3.4% in 2015 from 3.9% in 2011. In fact, May's best result for her party was her election as leader in 2008 when the party got 6.8% of the national vote. So that's a steady decline in this party, okay? It was kind of like a novelty in 2008, you know? And the Liberal Party was in disarray. And, and you know, the NDP, was, you know, Jack Layton was still getting up and going, you know. And... But that party's gone for, in the last three elections, 6.8% to 3.9% to 3.4%. So I guess the party's figuring, hey, let's go bigoted. You know, let's get really, let's take a bigoted stand. and Let's, let's, uh, let's show our true colors and, you know, show everybody how anti-Semitic we are. Maybe that'll get us some more attention. I got more to say on this way, you know. Nobody's going to expose that that bigotry and that hatred in mainstream media in Canada, okay? So somebody's got to do it. And maybe you want to do it with me. Or, hey, maybe you want to defend them. Hey, you can do that too. Isn't talk radio wonderful where you get to do that? Yeah, I think that's a good thing. You know, it's not fair for me to you know to yak if I don't allow you to come in here and say your piece. So go for it. 343-700-4390. 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. I am taking a, a well-needed breather. And I'm going to go looking for that joke. And you'll be glad I did. Right back after that. Stay with us. This is so much better than a news break. And most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in eastern Ontario, western Quebec, or 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at us at Council. Don't sweat it. I know I gave you those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored. I have one program director now. God. I don't always follow through on my instructions, right? But he makes it pretty clear what he wants. What do you want? What do you like? What ticks you off? I want to hear from you. 
Listener feedback means a lot. Almost means as much as what the program director wants. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcasts anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. Or if you prefer Google Play, that seems to work too. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us. Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And 1-844-562-4766. That's long distance. 1-844-562-4766. Of course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. Okay, I got it. I got the joke. I got the joke. Oh, man, I had to search all over the place. Got the full joke now. And again, sent to me by my buddy, uh, uh, Robert W. Knight. Nighttime in the city, Shea 106. Remember that? Okay. You got to hear this. Kathleen Wynne, Queen Elizabeth, and Vladimir Putin all die and go to hell. I don't understand Queen Elizabeth going to hell, but anyway, it's the joke. It's not mine, okay? It's, it, 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 stay with me. While there... They spy a red phone and ask what the phone is for. The devil tells them that it's uh, for calling back to Earth. Hmm. Putin calls Russia. Talks for five minutes. When he is finished, the devil informs him that it's going to cost a million dollars. So Putin writes him a check. Now, next, Queen Elizabeth calls England and talks for 30 minutes. When she's finished, the devil informs her that that cost is $6 million. So Queen Elizabeth writes him a check. Finally, Kathleen Wynne gets her turn and talks for four hours. When she's finished, when she's finished, the devil informs her that there would be no charge. And feel free to call Ontario anytime. Putin goes ballistic and asks the devil why Kathleen Wynne gets to call Ontario for free. And the devil replies, well, since Kathleen Wynne became Premier of Ontario, the provinces had gone to hell, so it's a local call. You know? anyway. My goodness, where did that come? from that's worth waiting for wasn't it was that worth the fuss did you like that well call in and complain if you didn't like it you know three four three seven hundred forty three ninety 
That's 343-700-4390. is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. I can get rid of Facebook now on my... Uh, on my site here. Still got to go look at those tweets, though. Got a lot of tweets. See if any of them get on the air. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. You can tweet at me at JWCouncil. Back to uh, uh, Elizabeth May, who is just heartbroken. You know, the party she thought she led isn't the party she thought it was. They've sided with all the, you know, the left-wing bigoted activists that just, you know, hate Israel. And to, to turn a total blind eye and deaf ear to the horrible human rights abuses that are taking place in the Arab world all around Israel. It's just blatant anti-Semitism against Israel. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, uh, she was kind of like a novelty in 08, and that's why, you know, the Green Party got 6.8%. But uh, in, the, in the 2011 election, 3.9%, and in the last election, 3.4%. So here you've got a party that is striving for relevancy. They're sinking fast, okay? So they figure, yeah, let's go down the bigoted route here. Because, you know, it's, it, it is politically correct to bash Jews, okay? Anti-Semitism is at an all-time high. There's more anti-Semitism in our university campuses than at any time I remember in my lifetime. Concordia University in Montreal? A bastion of anti-Semitism and, and Islamist propaganda. And Carlton and Ottawa U as well. Ottawa U probably a little more than Carlton. Student unions there taken over by, you know, uh, 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 <laughs> unbelievable, you know, where universities used to be bastions of free thought and free speech and, and, and they become like, you know, fascist little enclaves now. It's incredible. May's biggest success has been keeping the Greens on the national radar. This is the CBC's article, of course. Her biggest, her biggest, okay, remember the wording here. Her biggest success has been keeping the Greens on the national radar. BS. CBC, CTV, and Canadian media, you know, there's all kinds of left-wing whack jobs in their, their organizations as well. They've, they're the ones who have kept her on the radar. There's no way she could have done it on her own. I mean, next to next to SpongeBob Trudeau, uh, you know, the most overrated politician in, in in the Canadian scene. Disagree, call in. In fact, I would say next to SpongeBob Trudeau, I don't I don't remember any leader in the last fifty years that has been as protected by media as much as Elizabeth May, Justin more so. But next to Justin, she was leading the pack before Justin came along. I mean, she can do no wrong. May raised eyebrows for a profanity-laced comedic speech at a parliamentary press gallery dinner in 2015 and was escorted off the stage by conservative MP Lisa Raitt. May later said she was too sleep-deprived for her attempt at edgy humor. Right, right. You know, if media, media in Canada had any cojones, or if the conservatives had any authority, they would have demanded and gotten her resignation. She would have been history just for that one issue alone. And then, after the Fort McMurray wildfire, May appeared to draw the connection, and it was, it was more just, 
It was more than just drawing a connection. She established a link between the, the fire in Fort McMurray and hinting that, oh, that was, that was due to climate change. I mean, if media was what it, what, what it should be, if the conservative party had any guts, they would have been demanding a resignation and in an intelligent world, you know, in an intelligent world, the, the, the public could see a stark reality of, you know, what a real leader is and what a real leader isn't. But because, because the public I don't, has lost, you know, their, their, their moral compass and doesn't know what real leadership is anymore, she gets away with this. And now it's plain to see that, you know, she's the leader of an anti, anti-Semite, you know, uh, bigoted party. And, and she's allowed to skate. Doesn't have to pay, you know, a price at the polls for nothing. I mean, she's, she's a blip on the radar. She, you, she wouldn't even get any mention if she wasn't, you know, driving and pushing for a radical left-wing eco, eco-fascist agenda. And that's the only reason you hear from her is because she's got way, way too many partners in media. So I'm glad she, I'm glad the party's getting exposed for what it is. That's just my opinion. Of course I want to hear yours. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. Got an email here from uh, Trina. Christina Benson does just not does just not bad grammar here Trina, really bad. I'm trying to read it and def- decipher it. I'm going to try here. Christina Benson does not have five years. She comes from a long career in the OPP and joined Ottawa Police Service to do background investigations. So she's an OPP veteran. I didn't know that. Her husband is also an Ottawa Police member, Mark Benson. Her report was scathing on this new recruit. During the whole Abdi debacle, Islam Islam was constantly taunting... Okay, i got to read this again. Her report was scathing on this new recruit, Muhammad Islam. During the whole Abdi debacle, Islam was constantly taunting the Ottawa Police Service, and in particular, Matt Scoff, via Twitter, calling the OPS racist. This is such a politically correct situation. I mean, my goodness. And he lets go a veteran of the force who's got OPP backing and her husband's already on the force? This is one heck of a mess. It really is. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. Mainstream media, you know, they don't ask uncomfortable questions because they, you know, they're afraid of uh, losing access. Well, I had access. I had him on my show, and I was not impressed. I was actually, I was actually, I had to step in and defend him because callers were literally beating him up on the air. And I, th- I honestly thought his performance was, was pathetic. I thought, you're this weak handling questions from callers on the air and you're supposed to be the police chief? You, I, maybe I was spoiled because, you know, Vern White used to come in and do such a good job. But I was, I was... Maybe disgusted is, is, is too strong a word, but I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe a guy with that supposed that much authority could be, you know, tied up in knots and have his butt kicked around the block like the callers were doing that night. I felt sorry for the guy, even though I didn't agree with a lot of the stuff that he was, you know, promoting and saying. Just my opinion. Want to hear yours? 
And now Bear Watson is attacking, uh, uh, the, you know, the one the one voice with clout that could probably, you know, draw attention to it, the head of the police union, Matt Goff. Jim Watson is is accusing uh, uh, Matt Goff of, of trying to create dissension. Yeah, I don't know about that. Seems to me there was a there's a lot of dissension that was going on long before Matt Goff would start, you know, saying things to the media. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. Came across a guy, a columnist in the in post media by the name of David Creighton. Speaking of you know an intelligent world. Speaking of how our electorate doesn't even seem to you know know what a good leader is anymore. Been a long time since I read a read somebody do a a, a real objective piece on Justin Trudeau in the media in Canada. I want to share that with you when we get back. Plus your calls, plus your emails, plus whatever else you got in your mind tonight. Hey, take it in another direction. Feel free, you know. I mean, hey, don't interpret my words as, you know, thinking that, you know, I don't want to go in a certain direction. I'm, I'm very committed to what I want to talk about, and I feel very, very strongly about it. So when I ask you to take it in another direction, that's just an invitation. That's not because I'm not committed. And if you do take it in another direction, you, you better be good because I'm going to go after you, Okay. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the long distance line. We're right back after this. Stay with us. Time is here. It's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byword Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. Timo's 2000 Mobile Auto Cleaning. Comes right to your driveway and makes your vehicle look brand new again. Classic cars, bikes, boats, RVs, dump trucks, hot rods, tractors, transport trucks. We can even make your minivan look like the day you drove it off the lot. Did you spill too much coffee on your seat? Did Junior decide he couldn't wait till he got home? And yuck, maybe you're just long overdue for that meticulous cleaning. Maybe you want to sell the old beast. Smartest thing you can do is make it look brand new again. Timo's 2000, 613-327-8498, 613-327-8498, or go to timos2000.com. For 17 years, I've been taking my cars to Irwin's Automotion. 17 years ago, Irwin was renting space on the corner of Bank and Heron. His encyclopedic knowledge of all things mechanical and his no-bull honesty has resulted in his second move. He now operates a huge facility on Cleopatra, eight bays, and an expert staff that operate all in the same wavelength. Honesty, integrity, try to save the customers some money and headaches. But fix it right the first time. Irwin's Automotion, 34, Cleopatra. Tell them Council sent you. That'll make them smile.
343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is long distance. A week from tomorrow night. Not tomorrow night. Okay? A week from tomorrow night. David Harris from Insignus Research. I don't know anybody in the nation that's got a firmer grip on terrorism, on international affairs, and tells it like it is in, in you know, the wisest, most objective way. And uh, uh, we're going to have him for at least an hour, a week from tomorrow night. And often he, you know, likes coming on, so he, you know, he stays on for a while. So circle your calendar for that one. Got an email from Robert here. Hockey, Tim Hortons, Maple Syrup, Stompin' Tom, and the Tragically Hip. These, they are true Canadiana, in my humble opinion. The hip are as important to my musical upbringing as the Beatles. Well, that's delightful. That's a big fan right there. Boy, you know, and I understand that. I understand the, the, you know, the devotion there. And, of course, the circumstances of that concert on Saturday night. You know, a lot of heart, a lot of soul. And, uh, you know, uh, people wishing it couldn't end. And uh, you know, I couldn't help but go ask the pastor at the beginning of the program, you know. I've known too many people that have been miraculously healed of, of you know, life-threatening cancers. And uh, I guess according to the Bible, you know, how does it happen? Well, you've got to believe, you know. But then again, I've known, I've known people that have prayed for, you know, atheists that didn't believe and they got healed. But there's got to be some faith somewhere. Somebody's got to, you know, believe enough to pray. I would be, I would not be true to my faith. I would not be true to my moral convictions if I knew somebody was suffering with cancer and going to die. It would be wrong for me to not mention what I've seen and what I, you know, what I've experienced firsthand. I would feel like I'm depriving people of hope. But then again, I, I hesitate of it because, you know, my own father died of cancer. He's 59. You know, a guy who saw many, I would say, dozens of medically confirmed healings take place of life-threatening illnesses, not just cancers. So why didn't God heal him? I don't know. Well, we keep keep keeping on, though. 343-700-4390, whatever's on your mind. 343-700-4390 and 1-844-LNC is on. Told you I came across this. Uh, I've never heard of David Creighton before. Have you heard of David Creighton? You want to call in and tell me about him? Wrote one heck of an article here. Um, over the weekend. It was carried in the National Post. And I think it's one of the most ob- objective pieces on national security, speaking of, you know, David Harris and Insignia's research, I think it's one of the most objective pieces on national security and Justin Trudeau. Like, the whole article is, is about Aaron Driver. You know what happened last week? And, uh, you know, y- you thought the RCMP and our Canadian security forces, you know, thwarted a major terrorist attack. No, 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 no. That's what the CBC wants you to believe. That's what SpongeBob wants you to believe. SpongeBob Trudeau wants you to believe, okay? Let me give you a little Creighton's article here. 
When RCMP officers were shooting terrorist suspect, suspect Aaron Driver last week, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was faced down in another awkward controversy as his shirtless pinup was distributed across the nation via every gawking media outlet. Insouciant doesn't begin to describe this mind-numbingly indolent leader who invests the majority of his narcissistic life promoting his narcissistic life. <laughs> Whoa! you got to read more of this. The RCMP who were able to disengage driver of his ambition to achieve another terrorist statistic, owe absolutely nothing to Trudeau or his government's half-hearted attempts to even recognize, let alone combat, the enemies amongst us. For that, they must thank a foreign government, and more specifically, a foreign police force, the FBI for having the decency to warn us of driver's intentions. No, I did not write alleged intentions. His objectives were clear enough for anyone with a half a mind to ascertain except the dimwits running our federal government. This is my kind of guy. Wow. So it was the FBI that had to step in and save our butts on this one, okay? RCMP, you know, and, and uh, the federal government and our mainstream media in Canada, you know, they're paying the RCMP as being some type of big heroes, okay? When the truth is, the RCMP kind of like, you know, they just did what uh, they just did what the FBI told them to do. Hey, you've got to do something about this, in other words. More from David Creighton here. There have been some vain mutterings this week from Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodell about something called mandatory counseling for terror suspects. Yeah, have you caught that in the media? <laughs> oh, man. Listen to Creighton here. Am I hearing this right? Or are the liberals really that self-righteously stupid as to think all we need to do, all we need to do is potential terrorists with an earnest feel-good coach and everything will be fine? No, I heard correctly. Only the liberals would respond to the potentially catastrophic failure of last week's non-security overture with the Fet suggestions of counseling. Yeah, these guys need counseling. They need hugs. Maybe we can get some of that foot cream and rub their toes, you know, and oh, everything's going to change. It's just amazing. I mean, you think that you think the federal liberals are clueless. Hey, not as clueless as the people that vote for them. Not anywhere clu- as clueless. Meanwhile, Trudeau continues to sleepwalk his way through history. Man, this guy is, like, eloquent. More concerned with waving the rainbow colors at pride parades than in securing the basic safety of all Canadians. How long will Canadians remain remain anesthetized by Trudeau's enigmatic charm? How long will the blissful honeymoon with the rudderless PM endure? (laughs) Oh, man. Got to give you one more line here. As the economic policies of a tax-and-spend liberal who honestly believes that climate change and not ISIL is the primary threat to Canada become visceral in terms of diminished spending power, Canadians will wonder how this perpetual teenager ever came to wield power and confirm what Stephen Harper suggested in the last federal election campaign that this frenetic but uncoordinated federal politician is just not ready. 
perpetual teenager, sleepwalking his way through history, more concerned with waving the rainbow colors at pride parades than in securing the basic safety of all Canadians. Man. He invests the majority of his narcissistic life promoting his narcissistic life. <laughs> Man alive. David Craden. K-R-A-Y-D-E-N. I did not post this on Twitter. But you can find it online. David Craden. Who's latest? 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. I kind of get the idea. Creighton is not too impressed with Justin Trudeau. I'm amazed that, you know, his periodical prints his stuff. Because man, if you're not if you're not promoting the Pravda party line, if you're not you know falling in line with the political correctness as dictated by the CBC and its puppet arm, the CRTC, you don't have a voice in Canada right now. Unless you're created enough, and unless you know uh, the powers that be come together and, and allow you to maybe subversively broadcast online every night, right in the nation's capital, ha ha ha. <laughs> but not everybody can do that. I I happen to be one of the few ones that's so blessed. And I don't take the privilege for granted, kids. And uh, we're up to something here. And uh, it's all for the greater good. And you can be a part of it. You can fan the flames of it. Or, my goodness, you can kind of tighten the screws to it and say, no, no, John, 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 you're going off in the wrong direction here, buddy. You need to... You need to veer. You need to veer to the left. You need to veer to the center. You need to veer to the right. You need to veer. Maybe it's not either left or right. Maybe it's up. Maybe it's down. Together we'll figure it out together. Just use the word together twice. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. We've had a couple that have gotten the on the air tonight already. JW Council is the Twitter exchange. More when we come back in the second hour. We're just getting rolling. I got to tell you about Tisdale, Saskatchewan, and what's happened in Tisdale, Saskatchewan. You know, with me naming all those wonderful places, you know, around North America that people are phoning in from all the time. It, it you know, it's, it, it only it only makes sense to give you a bit of a news story from one of those far out exotic places. So we're going to inform you about what's going on in the world here and then what's going on on this show, like we usually do. And I'm going to get a drink of water and suck back some free air, and then we'll be right back. Stay with us.
oh, this is so much better than a news break. And most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in eastern Ontario, western Quebec, or 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at us at JWCouncil. Don't sweat it. I know I gave you those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored. I have one program director now. God. I don't always follow through on my instructions, right? But he makes it pretty clear what he wants. What do you want? What do you like? What ticks you off? I want to hear from you. Listener feedback means a lot. Almost means as much as what the program director wants. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcast anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. Or if you prefer Google Play, that seems to work too. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us. Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343 700 That's 343-700-4390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And 1-844-562-4766. That's long distance. 1-844-562-4766. Of course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. As many of you know, um, I spent eight years out in Manitoba before I moved to Ottawa. Pastored in Nipawa, Manitoba, which is a town of about uh, 3,500. Delightful little town. And uh, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my time out there. And then six years in Brandon. And when you spend a lot of time in Manitoba, you you get really connected with, uh, uh, you know, the rural mindset and the rural environment 
And the rural environment out in Manitoba, it's so isolated, it can often feel like you're cut off from civilization. And remember, people that are born and raised there, they don't really care all the time what, you know, is important in the city or what's important in the media. They just live their lives. And I tell you this to tell you about a, a, a real funny story that, uh, I, and I don't think this was in uh, the Post Media papers today. It, it will probably be in tomorrow because the news gets online. As soon as the news, they put stuff online and then, you know, it gets in the papers the next day. So look for this in uh, the Citizen or the or the uh, the Sun tomorrow. This is just funny. It's just plain funny. After six dec- after six decades, the town of Tisdale, Saskatchewan, is no longer officially known as the land of rape and honey. <laughs> Let me read that again. After six decades, the town of Tisdale, Saskatchewan. I got friends that live in Tisdale. After six decades, the town of Tisdale, Saskatchewan, is no longer officially known as the land of rape and honey. Yes, you heard me right. Rape and honey. Instead, the North Central community is declaring that opportunity grows here. Town officials voted unanimously last October to change the dated slogan on Monday. The town unveiled its new slogan. Our survey, our focus groups, and the advice that we received from industry experts indicated it was time for an update. <laughs> Gee, you think so? <laughs> Said Tisdale Director of Economic Development, Sean Wallace, in a statement. Now, remember, Tisdale is a, a town of 3,200, okay? It's a town of 3,200. Let me read that last bit of the story there again. With you, Now that you have the knowledge that the, the town is 3,200. And it's up like... It's northeast of Saskatoon. I mean, you're you're talking the boonies, okay? Our survey, our focus groups, and the advice that we received from industry experts indicated it was time for an update, said the Tisdale Director of Economic Development, Sean Wallace, in a statement. It's a town of 3,200. They're making this guy sound like he's like a suit on Bay Street. So for 60 years, their town slogan is the land of rape and honey. Now, a lot of you are not getting this because you're younger, okay? You're under 40 years old. And you don't realize that the term for canola for, oh, as far back as the the 19th century, maybe even the 18th century, canola used to be called rapeseed, rapeseed. That yellow stuff that we make, I think the primary product is margarine that we get out of canola. But they used to call it rapeseed, okay? And the term rapeseed is, as, is still as common as, you know, water and mud and tractors out west. Yeah, they use canola a lot more. It's, I mean, canola is the is the accepted term for you know what used to be called rapeseed. But there's still places where when you talk about rapeseed, everybody knows what you're talking about. So that's why Tisdale, for decades, you know, their town slogan was the land of rape and honey. And they also, what well, what's the honey thing? Well, the honey is uh, the second part of the slogan. Likely comes from Tisdale's. 16-foot roadside statue of the world's largest honeybee. 
I mean, if you go out west, if you go, if you ever taken that trip on the Transcanada, there's so many towns that have like, you know, great big city mascots like Wawa's big Canada goose, and uh, I remember uh, Gladstone. Gladstone is uh, a town that is if you're going west from Winnipeg to Brandon at Portage La Prairie, you turn north to take the Yellowhead Trail, and the first you know town you hit about a half hour north on the Yellowhead Trail, and it goes through Nepois, is Gladstone. So because the town is called Gladstone, they got a great big statue out in front called Happy Rock. It's a big rock, and it's got legs and arms, and it's waving at you. Kind of looks like a gray California raisin, you know? Happy Rock. And I, I think it's Boys of Maine. Is it Boys of Maine that's south of... Brandon, and you go south, and just be, it's the last big town before you hit the border. And it, it may, I may be wrong, but they've got a one of the communities down there has got a turtle, and this turtle has got to be forty feet long, twenty feet high, and the thing is entire the, the the entire thing is made out of green wheels, green steel wheels from cars. It's a turtle sculpture. Kenora, if you drive through Kenora, they got a great big statue of a muskie. Oh, it's got to be, you know, 15, 20 feet high. That's a part of Canadian. That's Canadiana. You go through these little towns, they got these great big mascots. It's not just the, uh, the Canada. Uh, I remember as a kid, because my family lived in Winnipeg, and, uh, you know, we would drive up from southern Ontario every two years to see the folks in Winnipeg, and my dad would always drive us through Bemidji, because Bemidji had Paul Bunyan and his blue ox, Babe. And Paul Bunyan in Bemidji has got to be, oh, yeah, I've been back then, you know, 20 feet high. All these roadside attractions, you know. So it's no longer the land of rape and honey. It's the land of opportunity grows here. You know, I would have just, I would have gone politically incorrect. You know, who cares? I would have said, you know, that's everybody knows what rape seed is here, you know, and if people don't get it when well, then. We'll just open up the conversation and we could talk about it. You know, I would have left it on there just for, go retro, you know? Well, people get the wrong impression. That's because they haven't talked to us yet. You know, get them talking to us. They'll fall in love with us. But no, they had to go with something. Oh, isn't that a great slogan? Don't you want to just move there right now? Opportunity grows here. (laughs) You know, I could see, you know, funky, artsy types people in Toronto and maybe Vancouver the land of rape and honey. Man, that's off the charts. Let's go there. You know, that's just wild. Those people got to be, man, at least that gets you in the papers. Opportunity grows here. That's not going to get you any free publicity. That's, that's about as bland as corporate talk radio, man. Forget that. So in the article here on Post Media, um, they listed some kind of fun town slogans of various communities around the world, not just in North America. A lot of them are in the States, most are in the States. And, you know, you know, with me naming out all those goofy towns, you're darn right I'm going to give you some of these here and share some of these with you. Hooker, Oklahoma. It's a location, not a vocation. <laughs> That's on the sign when you drive into Hooker, Oklahoma. It's a location, not a vocation. Okotoks, Alberta. There are a number of things to do in Okotoks. <laughs> That's so Canadian. <laughs> That's like running into somebody in the subway and, you know, 
No, somebody runs into you in the subway and you say sorry. Person gives you a black eye and you're bruised for the rest of the week and you're the one that says you're sorry. Okotoks, Alberta. There are a number of things to do in Okotoks. <laughs> yeah, boy. Hang out in the main intersection. Count how many people do rolling stops at the stop sign instead of coming to a full stop. Get out your clipboard. That sounds fun. Lacrosse, Kansas. Barbed wire capital of the world. Man, want to go there, eh? Strong Maine. Toothpick capital of the world. Well, if I was on the city council at Strong Maine, I would immediately, I would immediately be doing everything in my power to either transform the toothpick company or attract a company that makes floss picks. Because floss picks have taken over where toothpicks, I mean, forget, if you've ever used it, I carry floss picks all the time now. I think they're the most wonderful things in the world. And they're actually good for you. Dentists love it, you know, if you're carrying floss picks with you. In fact, I haven't used a toothpick, and I, you know, I, I'm Mr. Toothpick Guy, but I'll only use a toothpick if there's no floss picks available. Floss picks are fantastic. And I'm one for promoting good dental hygiene. So I guess that's out there. I guess there's a town that can claim that, you know, floss pick capital of the world. I haven't heard of one yet. But Strong Maine is toothpick capital of the world. Yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, they're wandering off into oblivion if they keep that one. They got to they gotta do something about that. They got to, you know, introduce floss picks or do something quick. Linesville, Pennsylvania, where the ducks walk on fish. I'm making these up, okay? Beaver, Oklahoma, cow chip capital. Boy, that'd be a dream, eh, if you want to relocate. Let's go to the cow chip capital of the world, Beaver, Oklahoma. Dumas, Arkansas, home of the ding-dong daddy. And we're all on the edge of the seats. We, we want to know what the ding-dong daddy is, don't we? Boy, yeah, man, please, man, I'm... In fact, I may during the break I may go on Wikipedia and look up Dumas, Arkansas. That's going to take me too long. I got too much stuff to do here. But you can do it. You're listening to the show. Hey, why don't you do that? Why doesn't somebody get on Wikipedia, look up Dumas, Arkansas, D U M A S, Arkansas, and uh, it's home of the Ding Dong Daddy. I want to know what the Ding Dong Daddy is. Somebody call in and tell me what the Ding Dong Daddy is, because Dumas, Arkansas, is home of the Ding Dong Daddy. And this, I, I saved the best one to the last. Gas, Kansas. Don't pass gas. Stop and enjoy it. <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> gas, Kansas. Don't pass gas. Stop and enjoy it. That is not a community that I drove through last year. I didn't drive through Kansas this year. I drove through Kansas last year. Don't remember. I, you know, I would have remembered a sign like that. Oh, yeah, you would have heard about it long ago. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety is the number to call. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one eight four five six two four seven six six. JC at LateNightCouncil dot com. Keep it under six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil dot com, and you can tweet at me at JW Council. Right back after these messages. Stay with us.
Summertime is here, and it's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily, with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies, or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byword Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. The federal government climate change town halls are a disgrace. They have allowed eco-activists to dominate meetings. Some members of parliament are even working directly with extremists to co-host town halls. This is inappropriate. MPs are elected to represent all of their constituents, and no group should have privileged access or control over public consultations. Each town hall begins with unsubstantiated global warming propaganda from the local MP. Ottawa Town Hall attendee Dr. Rod Packwood said, the government is clearly biasing the town halls in such a way as to generate supposed public support for the point of view they hold dear. They want to be able to say, look, Canadians are behind us. Don't let the government get away with this. We need your input at the September 7th Climate Change Town Hall at the Darcy McGee High School Auditorium at 925 Boulevard de Plateau in Gatineau starting at 7 p.m. The future of Canada is at stake. This message is brought to you by ClimateScienceInternational.org. Four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety one eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. David Harris from Insignus Research. A week from tomorrow night. A week from tomorrow night. Not tomorrow night. A week from tomorrow night. In our super cool, relevant, fantastic plans for Thursday night could be revealed as early as a week from Thursday night. So, like, boy, going into the fall, we are wired for some for some pretty amazing stuff to happen here on the show here. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. The Olympics are over. I kind of didn't even know they started. Not a big Olympics fan. The next ones are in Tokyo. All right, just a second. I'm going to yawn. Ah, see, that's why I'm yawning. I mentioned Olympics and immediately I go into a yawn. Oh, John, aren't you excited about all the medals we won? No, I'm not. I don't care. Does nothing for me. Senator's got to sign Cody CC. Now, that, now that's got my interest, okay? The fact that Eric Carlson, they didn't give him the James Norris trophy last year. Like, that is despicable. I think that's just, that's uh, that's the sport world just hating Ottawa. The Toronto, see, when it comes to NHL, the, 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 the sports world is, is the center is Toronto. 
Sportsnet Magazine, for instance, which is published by Rogers Media Group, is so Toronto-centric it's ridiculous. You have four times as many articles on, you know, Toronto sports teams as pretty much every other sports team in Canada put together. The Hockey News, okay, which is supposed to cover the entire NHL. Toronto-centric, Toronto-centric. And I've joked about it before, but, you know... My Canada does not include Toronto. I, you know, if, if Toronto seceded and Toronto became its own nation, I think, I think Canada would probably enter into a new age of prosperity and we'd be, we'd be a world leader again. I think most of our problems center around Toronto. And the problem with, with Toronto is, is like most Torontonians, you know, most Torontonians think that the rest of Canada loves them. No, 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 no. It's not that at all. <laughs> No, quite the opposite. I'm just glad I'm in Ottawa. I like. I, I was bidding. I was hoping. Remember when Toronto was making a play for the Olympics? I think in 2022 for the you know the Winter Olympics, or whatever. I was rooting against them. Oh man, I was rooting against them. I I could I couldn't handle the thought of you know if they got the Olympics. Oh my goodness, you know the, some, the most pompous people I know in Canada live in Toronto. And I know we've got listeners in Toronto. I'm sorry, but, you know, why don't you call in and prove me wrong? Why don't you call in and show me again that, yes, there are some. Maureen's a wonderful lady. Maureen calls from Toronto. She's not, you know, she's not like the rest of them down there. How did I get into a rant on Toronto just by talking about the Olympics? What was, what was, what warmed my heart, though, was to know that, and, and, and I don't know, was it Saturday night that the, the big Olympics show, like, uh, to shut down? Um, I know that the opening show, like the the viewership for uh, the Olympics this this time round, was uh, I read some stat. It was either the closing show or the opening show. Uh, the viewership for this year's Olympics was fifty percent lower than it was for the London Olympics, and probably because Canadians can you know relate to you know London you know English culture more than. You know, Rio de Janeiro, you know. I mean, when you got James Bond and the Queen skydiving from a plane landing in the Olympic Stadium, that, you know, that's kind of that's kind of fun, you know. And, and I'm more familiar with the bands there. Like, I, I know who Muse is. I know who Moby is. I know who the Spice Girls are. I don't, they're not bands of mine, but I know who they are. I didn't know any of the bands. And I didn't watch. I didn't even, I, I, I watched, I'll bet I watched less than 30 seconds of the Olympics this year. Less than 30 seconds. In fact, I don't remember even watching any of it. I may have wanted to watch, you know, the, the soccer, the, the men's soccer or the women's soccer. But I'll, although I don't, I got to confess, I got to confess. I was driving around when Canada, the Canadian women were playing Germany and I was listening on the radio and Canada lost 2 nothing. I spent, oh, a good maybe 10, 12 minutes listening to that. So... Less than 30 seconds watching, maybe 12 minutes watching, uh, 12 minutes listening to the Olympics. Does that make me unpatriotic? Apparently we did very well. Well, our girls did. <laughs> our guys, you know, if you went with a medal total just from our guys compared to the rest of the world's guys, pfft, my goodness, we're around Luxembourg. But our women, oh boy, I'll tell you, that feminism has paid off in spades here in this nation, boy. It's working. Either that or, you know, they know how to hide the performance-enhancing drugs drugs and the blood doping better than ever. And I know I'm not making those allegations. 
we just did, you know, pretty well. And I don't really care because I wasn't really watching. I'm waiting for hockey season. Hockey season makes Canadian winters bearable. Gives you something to, you know, to keep you awake. (laughs) Gives me something to do because I play hockey in the winter as well. Well, I got to take that back. I don't really play hockey. I skate out there and I and I don't die. And and anytime I I'm on the ice and I'm not dead at the end of it, that's a good game. I thought I was going to get more of you, you know, discussing the whole uh, um um what do you call it? I think a crisis in leadership is 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 applicable. The crisis in leadership that's going on in the Ottawa Police Force right now. Last week towards the end of the week, you know, Jim Watson got involved and made it clear that, that he was standing behind his troubled police chief, Charles Bordalo. And it wasn't enough for him to express confidence in Charles Bordalo. He went after Matt Scoff, the head of the police union. And I'm not, you know, I'm not one to, you know, to, to, to jump on union bandwagons. Because, like, you know, after it was revealed about a month ago that... Uh, of all third-party spending in the last provincial election was paid for by unions in this province. And 100% of them were were written to attack Tim Hudak and bring, you know, to make sure, you know, we get, uh, you know, the conservatives don't get any traction at all in this province. 94% of all third-party ads paid for by unions. And there's no law against it. So, you know, based on stats like that and, and you know, all sorts of other stories and, and uh, um, you know, unions getting whatever they want and, and uh, uh, being able to wield political power, I'm one who believes that, that, that this province is ruled by unions and, and uh, um, dictatorially so as well, with no compromise and, and not willing to give an inch. So that's why I'm kind of even surprised at myself that I find myself taking the side of the police union. Jim Watson came out and attacked, not only you know voiced his support for Charles Bordalo, the police chief, uh, and his leadership, but used the opportunity to just you know go after Matt Scoff, the head of the police union, and accuse him of undermining the force. And and I you know I did hear. I did hear a couple of interviews on radio with Matt Scoff last week, and I and I never even knew who this guy was until this whole thing came to the fore. And he sounded very reasonable, sounded very respectful, um, you know, was very measured and uh, didn't lose it, didn't get emotional in his uh, in his uh, statements that he made about the serious issues that are. Uh, uh, the serious issues that face the, uh, particularly Charles Bordelow's leadership in the Ottawa Police Service, and I was, I was actually surprised. I was surprised to hear Jim Watson go after the guy like that. Because I mean, Watson's the type of guy that walks into a room and everybody's his friend. I've never seen a guy. And I've said this dozens of times. I've never seen a guy that walk in a room and light it up like he does. Everybody loves the guy. He's got people skills like I've, I've rarely seen. And it was quite surprising to see him go after Scoff like that. And it makes me, it makes me, you know, that, that conspiratorial bend I have. Something's going on here. Hey, what's going on here? And I wanted to know tonight, you know, like, you know, whose side are you on in that whole thing? If you're following it, pretty hard to avoid. It's been all over the papers the last 10 days. 
And uh, we got a good email earlier in the uh, uh, night, earlier in the show, uh, from somebody that informed me. And I did not know that Christina Benson, the lady that uh, uh, quit and in, in, in protest over the substandard practices of hiring uh, and, uh, you know, and not accusing Charles Bortolo of anything, but uh, she she quit because she felt that the the standards for uh, police officers being hired were being compromised grossly for the sake of political expediency and political correctness. And I thought she was just a five-year veteran of the force. Turns out this lady's got experience with the OPP before she came on the Ottawa Police Service, and she has a spouse that's part of the Ottawa Police Service as well. So when you got somebody with that kind of experience on the force saying this is a serious issue, so much so that they're willing to quit the police service and Bortolo doesn't even address it? And he uses the excuse that, uh, well, you know, we can't bring up previous records of people. You know, that's private stuff. Garbage, that's private stuff. You're paid for by the taxpayers. You being accountable and transparent and letting your bosses, your taxpayers know what's really going on? I don't know. Seems like he's hiding something. Seems like there's, there's, there's way, way too much political expediency. Seems like political correctness and, you know, uh, is way more important than standards of excellence as far as protecting people in this town. Just my thoughts... That's why I do a talk radio show, because I want to hear what you got to say. If I'm wrong, tell me where. You don't have to call in and tell me I'm right, okay, because I'm, I'm already of that opinion anyway. But if I'm wrong, hey, I want to hear from you. 343 is the long-distance line. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. Got to keep it under six lines. And JW Council's the Twitter exchange. Stay with us. Oh, this is so much better than a news break. And most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in eastern Ontario, western Quebec. Or 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at us at jwcouncil. Don't sweat it. I know you gave me those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Unfiltered, unfettered, uncensored. I have one program director now. God. I don't always follow through on my instructions right, but he makes it pretty clear what he wants. What do you want? What do you like? What ticks you off? I want to hear from you. Listener feedback means a lot. Almost means as much as what the program director wants. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcasts anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. Or if you prefer Google Play, that seems to work too. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us.
Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And 1-844-562-4766. That's long distance. 1-844-562-4766. Of course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. Are you ready to hear from? Are you ready to hear from Carl Screener Mike? Carl Screener Mike's always got interesting things to say. Mike, you don't want to talk about the American election tonight, do you? No, no, I uh, got... What, what, what? A, no, are you serious? No? You're saying no? Well, I'll, I'll pass on it for a night. <laughs> you don't want to talk about the American election. Wow. No, I'll, I'll, there's other things going on in the world. Yeah, but so, I I didn't know you knew that. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, get, I get lots of things. I, I guess, go I I guess I you're going to I guess you're gonna prove it tonight, aren't you? Well, I got sucked in over the weekend to a, a Netflix series that I've been hearing about for quite <laughs> I, months. It's called Making a Murderer. It's a documentary. The Making and, of a Murderer or Making a Murderer? Uh, it's called Making a Murderer. Making a and Murderer. Now, I have, I, have, I have to confess, I have heard of it. And, uh, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, I'm about attracted, to, you know, to that as I would be, you know, biting into a piece of tinfoil. Um, you know, I, I, don't really, included. I don't really care. Uh, it's I, funny I, you should say that because it's very conspiratorial. So, yeah, their tinfoil is appropriate. They're all biting. Into no, no, tinfoil. I'm not talking about tinfoil for my head. I mean, when you bite into tinfoil and there's a, electric, <laughs> a chemical electric reaction and it hurts, like, you know, scratching a blackboard as well you know or root canal work with no freezing you know that's that's my concept of about 99 percent of the drivel that passes for entertainment on televisions you know these days he said he said curmungingly i i i agree i it did not it did not attract me at all i've been seeing and passing stories about it i know it's been a lot in the news i just I don't know, for whatever reason, it didn't attract me, but I got sucked into it over the weekend, and of course I got sucked into it, because once you start watching it, it is incredibly compelling. Now, you must and have, oh, hold it, you got sucked into it because probably somebody that you like, 
Oh, come on, Mike. Watch this with me. Is that what happened? Yeah. Uh, oh, see, that always happens that way. I yeah. started watching it with them, and uh, I got... I got drawn into it. I'm asking questions. What's this? What's that? Yeah, I, I got sucked into Doctor Who for about three weeks like that, too. But thank God that <laughs> thank God that ended quickly. Well, this is based on a real crime. This is a real situation that happened. It's about 10 years old. Um, basically, it's, uh, uh, you know about the Innocence Project uh, that goes around and, and uses DNA evidence to get wrongfully convicted people out of jail. And there was a young uh, fella by the name of Stephen Avery who had spent 20 years or just shy of that in jail, in prison, in the States for a crime he didn't commit. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts. He really didn't commit the crime. They proved who did, and it wasn't him. And so he was released in 2003 after spending 18 years in prison. And, you know, he has a, his life turning around. He's got a girlfriend. He's, he's set to make, uh, you know, th- there's a, a lawsuit against the... Uh, uh, the police force and, and uh, the prosecutors for wrongful conviction, and he had a strong case, and, you know, they're talking tens of millions of bucks in play, and all of a sudden he gets accused of murder. And, I mean, basically this documentary... You mean a new uh, crime new crime or old evidence brand, of... The- yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they find uh, uh, remains of a dead girl who went missing on his property, and, I mean, he's him and... His nephew are accused of murdering and raping and killing this girl. Wow! And destroying the body. Now is this not, now? Hold it. Course. Do they use like the actual people in this show, or is it a reenactment oh, yeah, with no, actors? No, this is a real, oh, real documentary. It's a full. Okay, this, so it's uh, full it's reality for, TV. For it's full supposed reality TV. Yeah, this documentary crew was embedded with the defense team apparently during the trial, during the investigation. Okay, okay, and. They put it together, and uh, I mean, I guess it, it only came out in uh, December 2015. So it only just came out, even though this case is back in 2006 and seven. Uh, so this guy's been in jail all this time. He 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 was found guilty, not to blow the you know big secret. I mean, he really is in jail for this. Um, so the the documentary lays out what happened and how these convictions, and it starts to it, the documentary is so biased. This is probably one of the most Stunning examples of propaganda I've ever seen. Okay, it's biased for what? It, well, they're basically, the, the documentary is asserting what the defense tried to assert, which was that the police, uh, basically the police force murdered this girl and tried to pin it on this guy because wow. he was suing the police. So it's anti-police so force. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, what perfect timing, right? We've got this whole anti-cop. Oh, yeah, and Black Lives Matter and the whole nonsense. Defense. Yeah. And here you've got a compelling story, and the documentary does a brilliant job of sucking you into believing that, no, this, this cop is dirty, that cop is dirty, this one's had it in for him since probably the age of five. He's just showing up every—it's almost like a bad movie, the way they're laying this out. Um, and so I guess what's interesting is I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, okay— Wow, that this is really dirty. This is despicable. I can't believe this is happening. But then I'm starting to, I, I, all those red flags start going off, and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute here. This is getting kind of big because not just the police force, but the crime lab, the FBI, the the dead girl's family, the dead girl's ex boyfriend. Basically, the entire world has gotten in just to frame this guy and put him away, and uh, it just gets. You know, it sort of gets more and more outlandish with the claims, and they never really back it up with anything. 
so I decided to start doing a little looking myself because this crime is 10 years, 10 years ago. And sure enough, there's a lot out there. Of, and so you start reading into the rest of the case, what's left out of the documentary. There's actually uh, one of the crime reporters who covered it at the time and was there for the whole trial is a guy by the name of Dan O'Donnell. And he has done a, a podcast series of, uh, they're all about 10-minute podcasts where he rebuts each episode of the Netflix series. And in about 10 minutes, he dismantles each and every episode with all the pieces of pertinent information that they leave out. And you know, what you start to find out is this guy had an incredibly violent background. He was, he was uh, you know, arrested, went in and out of jail a number of times. Um, and Netflix didn't, Netflix didn't portray that at all. They, they kind of slip little tidbits in, but they brush it off and they use other ways to get that information in, but play it like downplay. It so the whole thing is to, the whole thing is to, the whole thing is to spread doubt and to subvert, yeah. uh, uh, police forces. Yeah. Well now, and so anyways, uh, they, 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 so they do this, this series. Now, this series has really swayed a lot of people. I mean, people online are flipping out and going crazy that this big travesty of justice happened. This story was a big deal at the time, and if it was this big travesty that it was, this would not have gone away so easily. So suddenly this documentary comes out. That, you know, like as you're watching the, the, the cops testify or the lab technician testify, then suddenly this this music comes on like in a movie that somebody just told a whopper of a lie. And this whole thing is a key in, key moment in the whole deal. And this cop just planted evidence, boom, you know, with the music. And, and it, it, I'm sort of thinking, wow, this is, this is all crap. So anyways, as I looked into the real case, um, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. The guy is guilty. The, both of them are, the, two, the, the, the fella and the nephew that committed this crime. Um, but the, the backlash is gaining so much steam that literally just two weeks ago, the, um, as the nephew who helped in this crime, he's not the one who went to jail, this is the nephew of the guy, um, he was just released from prison. Both these guys were given life sentences without parole for this crime. It's, it's a really brutal rape and murder. Um, anyways, the, the, a judge just overturned the conviction based on essentially the emotions that are being evoked oh, and the public outcries. In fact, the kid is being turned into a hero. They want to send him. People are wanting to raise money and send him to WrestleMania. I mean, the kid's now probably about 30. Oh, he my. about 16, 17 at the time. But this thing has taken on such a weird um, – it, it's gaining such a weird popularity with people who are predisposed to uh, not believe in the police to think that the FBI is out framing people. Basically, everybody is corrupt. And, you know, even the lawyers that defended him, now, I mean, I get it. They're lawyers. They're trying to get their client off. But uh, I think the, as the evidence came in and it made it look more guilty and, and the, the, their theories more weak, I think they would have been better to throw themselves on the mercy of the court and say, you know, the, this guy did spend 20 years in jail for a crime he didn't commit, and that probably didn't help turn him into a very uh, well-thought individual or a you know, productive citizen. And maybe that would – I would have throw, I would have just tried to play that up and, and you know, maybe we, may have, maybe we turned this guy into a murderer. But I think the more you look into this – and I encourage people to check it out. It's a very interesting story, and it will, it will persuade you in one direction. But uh, it's also very interesting to hear and learn the rest of the case, and you're going to see how quickly they dismantle the arguments that are so – uh, 
strongly it's amazing how it plays on your emotion and it's amazing how quickly it can con you into believing something that is flat out not true in fact actually i also just read an article about uh the prosecutor who helped was part of the innocence project and who was instrumental in clearing him from the first wrongful conviction um he examined the case because of course all the controversy and he is now writing a book about this case again uh, showing that, in fact, this guy really is a murderer. He is a rapist. He, quite frankly, would have been a serial murder rapist had he not been convicted. As a matter of fact, when I went back and looked at the uh, wrongful conviction, it turns out that they had a lot of reason for believing he was the guy in that case because he was already on a path that, that was going to fit that mold, his violence towards women, his uh, growing sexual perversions and so forth. He had threatened a lot of people. Um, he was becoming increasingly violent, and uh, he also fit the same description as he, he actually looks like the guy who really did it. So, I mean, it's not this big, they just framed him for something, and then, you know, it's not this dirty cop deal that they tried to turn it into. So, Mike, it's very fascinating. Mike, given, yeah. you know, uh, your description of how people are receiving this and how popular yeah. it is, what conclusions do you arrive at regarding our culture that a sordid tale like this, with an obvious angle, why is it so popular as it is? I think people are predisposed to not trust. I mean, look at me. I'm somebody who doesn't trust big government, but that doesn't mean I think they're all out to get me or get everybody. I just don't agree with big government. Are they predisposed, or do you see an agenda by the producers to produce that type of uh, uh, behavior? Because I'm a firm believer I, in that media media uh, controls, media uh, uh, you know initiates, media affects people ten times more than they think it does, and the greatest proof of that is the trillions of dollars that are spent by advertisers advertisers know that they can manipulate and they can control that's why they put their money into into advertising like that and i think that you know the creators of movies and tv shows i think they've got a subversive agenda and uh, i think you're you've eloquently expressed it and explained it tonight and you've given us a great example of it well it is disturbing at how many people are sucked in by just innuendos and and just you know, throwing out random questions without following up. And if these were such big deals in the case, why wouldn't they put that in the documentary to show why it's a big deal instead of just, oh, it's like any conspiracy theory. And that's what is drawing people to it. Um, it's just supposition and, and supposing and people making comments without ever being rebutted. And, and uh, you know, they, it doesn't go into any depth, but it's enough to get people's emotion and play them. Um, the lawyer actually, the defense lawyer actually in the documentary towards the end says that he doesn't believe anybody gets a fair trial anywhere. He literally rebukes the entire legal system. And I think the documentary people as well as the defense are just predisposed to believing that. And I think that it's, you know, what would look at the narrative, how easily people are being drawn into this war on cops. I think there's uh, something about society that's allowing people to fall for this kind of stuff in this narrative. And that's probably why this documentary came out when it did and is doing so well. He's your call screener, folks. And he's probably, probably, no, he is. He's without question, you know, the best darn caller we've got on Late Night Council since we've gone online. You're awesome, Mike. You you know what? You can talk to him when you call in. He's the first voice you hear when you call in. 
becoming an integral part of this program. We're proud of them. We're right back after these messages. Stay with us. Timo's 2000 Mobile Auto Cleaning comes right to your driveway and makes your vehicle look brand new again. Classic cars, bikes, boats, RVs, dump trucks, hot rods, tractors, transport trucks. We can even make your minivan look like the day you drove it off the lot. Did you spill too much coffee on your seat? Did Junior decide he couldn't wait till he got home? And yuck, maybe you're just long overdue for that meticulous cleaning. Maybe you want to sell the old beast. Smartest thing you can do is make it look brand new again. Timo's 2000, 613-327-8498, 613-327-8498, or go to timos2000.com. The federal government climate change town halls are a disgrace. They have allowed eco-activists to dominate meetings. Some members of parliament are even working directly with extremists to co-host town halls. This is inappropriate. MPs are elected to represent all of their constituents, and no group should have privileged access or control over public consultations. Each town hall begins with unsubstantiated global warming propaganda from the local MP. Ottawa Town Hall attendee Dr. Rod Packwood said, the government is clearly biasing the town halls in such a way as to generate supposed public support for the point of view they hold dear. They want to be able to say, look, Canadians are behind us. Don't let the government get away with this. We need your input at the September 7th Climate Change Town Hall at the Darcy McGee High School Auditorium at 925 Boulevard de Plateau in Gatineau starting at 7 p.m. The future of Canada is at stake. This message is brought to you by ClimateScienceInternational.org. Summertime is here. It's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily, with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies, or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byward Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. I'm not going to play put you to sleep music on this program. Come on now. You know, I mean, it's like it's five, it's nine minutes to 11 Eastern time. And most people are like are turning and going to bed. And th- this is a provocative in your face, cutting edge, uh, subversive, under the radar talk radio program. The purpose is not to lull people, you know, and prepare them for bedtime. The, the purpose of the show is to shock people into reality. You get info on this show that you will not get on mainstream media because of political correctness. Because of agendas that serve, you know, big corporate powers. And people that want to manipulate you and control your lives and extract more cash out of you and make you think that you're helping the world when you're not helping the world at all. You're just helping a select few. So I have to, you know, I have to jolt you every once in a while. 
Tom Harris has emailed me. The executive director of climatescienceinternational.org. He says, I am boycotting the Olympics this year. Well, it's over now, Tom. You know, I mean, since they used the opening ceremony for 10 minutes of climate change propaganda, shameful and reminiscent of how the Nazis used the opening ceremony in 1936 for their propaganda. Yeah, it's the it's the religion of the world now. It is. That's why you know, stop calling Catherine McKenna the you know the minister of the minister of the environment. She's not the minister of environment. She's the minister of religion. I mean, when I hear them, you know, pontificating on their religion and making these statements that have no basis in science whatsoever, you know, downright, it's it's. You know, you may as well believe that, you know, that fairy dust controls the weather, you know, with what these people are putting out. Nobody holds them to account. Nobody's allowed. And, I, you know, Tom Harris, you know, we're running, a, you know, a new ad about this, you know, poop, new uh, public uh, meeting that's coming up on, the, on September the 7th. I hope you can be there. Because these public consultations they've had with the they're nothing but a farce. And it seems as though, you know, if it weren't for organizations like Tom's, and he's one of the few, you know, these people are running roughshod over proven science. And they're raking in billions and billions of dollars all to promote their religion. Hey, look at, I'm as... You know, I'm as a I'm a as big a fan for you know authentic faith as anybody, but I'm not going to the government, and I'm not expecting taxpayers to fund you know my my, uh, my belief system. In fact, I would suggest if a belief system is really true, it doesn't need a lot of government support. That's why this whole you know. Uh, the whole windmill solar panel thing is just, it's bankrupting the province because it's not paying for itself and it's not paying for itself anywhere in the world. In Europe, there's all sorts of countries that have pulled right out because they can't afford it. They're going bankrupt. You got to hand it to the French. The French, you know, 80% of their power is provided by nuclear and nuclear is clean. Nuclear is safe. But we know in North America, we got nut bars here that are just as crazy against nuclear power as they are, you know, a, a, a plant food. Well, plant food, that's a new one. Yeah, well, that's what carbon is. Carbon is plant food. We, sh- we shouldn't be reducing carbon. We should be increasing it because the more carbon you have in the atmosphere, the more lush your, your uh, vegetation is. Vegetation thrives on carbon, carbon dioxide. Oh, it's the greenhouse effect. Yeah, well, let me remind you, greenhouses, you know, produce far more richer and lusher vegetation. Greenhouse gases are not a bad thing. They purify the environment. When you got lusher vegetation, it acts as the most natural and purest air conditioning unit you can imagine. The planet is created to filter and clean itself. Don't go messing with it. 
And the fact that they've the fact that they've equated carbon dioxide with pollutants is a blatant lie. It's plant food. It makes for a better environment. Meanwhile, in China and India, people are dying from sulfur dioxide poisoning. They're dying from carbon monoxide poison. They're dying from pollution in rivers. I mean, you would think an environment minister would be, you know, more concerned about pollutants. Real pollutants, pollutants that kill people. If a guy wants to do himself in, he doesn't pump his room full of carbon dioxide. He goes in the car and hooks up a hose and pumps it up with carbon monoxide. It's a totally different animal. It kills you. In my house, I've got a carbon monoxide detector because you can't smell it. So if I have a carbon monoxide leak in my furnace or anywhere... It sends an alarm because carbon monoxide poisoning will kill you. There's nobody in North America, there's nobody in the world that has a carbon dioxide monitor because carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. It is it is plant food. It's what we exhale. Now just think about it, okay? What you and I blow up balloons for, for our kids' birthdays, your government is wanting to put a cap and trade tax on it. It's not a pollutant. Never has, never will be. And nobody, I, I, I don't know how many times I have to say it, nobody has proven that we are causing climate change. And I'm called a climate change denier because the people that use those terms are a bunch of idiots. Anybody with a brain knows that the climate's been changing since creation. It's what climate does. It changes all the time. But they've got you convinced that we're causing it and we're accelerating it, which is garbage. And another thing they haven't done, they haven't proven to anybody that they can stop climate change. As if, you know, if we pull back carbon, it's they haven't, they haven't connected climate change with carbon at all. There's no impact on high carbon or low carbon on how, how quickly the climate changes. This whole thing started with global warming, okay? And these so-called record temperatures that we're making every year are being produced by NASA, which has proven itself to be one of the most corrupt international organizations in the world. Quite willing to falsify scientific data for the purpose of promoting a political agenda. Well, that's my rant for the evening, and that's probably going to be the last one. Have yourself a delightful evening. We're back at it again tomorrow night with more mirth and merriment and mayhem. And oh, this actually, is so much better oh, now than that, news. Council, what are you doing there? That's not the button you push. You're supposed to push that button right there. The mirth, the merriment, and the mayhem, we kind of kind of squeeze it in with, you know, incredibly intelligent and necessary and riveting commentary. And hopefully you'll be a part of it tomorrow night, not just listening in. But thanks for listening in anyway. Call Timos up. Let them come to your house and clean your car in your driveway. Go see Irwin's Automotion. They'll fix your car better than anybody. Drop by Menchie's. Have a yogurt with them. And have dinner at the Garlic King. Good night. Uh-huh.